Today's episode of Radical Personal Finance is fueled by HelloFresh, the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking more fun. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RPF30 and save $30 off your first week of deliveries when you subscribe. Again, HelloFresh.com slash RPF30. Today we tackle income. It's only fitting if I'm trying to teach a course on income and careers that I go ahead and share with you some key ideas, right? Welcome to Radical Personal Finance, the show dedicated to providing you with the knowledge, skills, insight, and encouragement you need to live a rich and meaningful life now while building a plan for financial freedom in 10 years or less. Guess what? If you're going to build financial freedom in 10 years or less, you're going to have to make some cash. The best way to do that is to simply go to work. So today, let me tell you what you're doing when you go to work. As we begin today's episode, I want to thank you to so many of you who uh, have written me after the previous episode where I talked about what's wrong with Radical Personal Finance, wrote me nice emails, gave me many suggestions, and uh, said many nice things. I, I deeply appreciate hearing from everyone if you haven't been able to respond to all of you yet, uh, but thank you very much for making the time in your day to write to me because I fundamentally find that so valuable and so encouraging. And I'm excited to talk with you today uh, about just one simple concept as it relates to your career and your income. One point of clarification given my recent show is I am not stopping teaching you for free on the podcast. My goal is to give away all my best stuff to you, I believe, and always leading with service, always leading with giving my best stuff. And so I have no intention of pulling back and doing anything else. And today I'm going to prove that to you by just sharing with you one simple concept that I hope will be helpful. But I am doing that in the context of promoting some of my other work, some of my paid courses. And I think those things will serve you to bring a lot of very valuable concepts together in a very succinct and concise format with lots of additional depth uh, in a way that's very, very uh, relatable. So as we begin today's show, I want to mention to you that I have now opened the beta registration for the beta version of the Radical Personal Finance Guide to Career and Income Planning. I'll mention more details of that at the end of the show rather than using the valuable time here at the beginning to talk about that. But if you have any interest in taking my course during the special beta version at basically a 75% discount to join me for the beta version, go to RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash career and you will find those details. Again, RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash career. That will forward you through to the landing page. At present, I'm accepting 100 students in this course for the beta version. Don't worry if you get frozen out. The full thing will be released in the future. But if you'd like to get in on the vape, beta version to help me develop the course and get your input, you can go to RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash career. I did a soft launch yesterday afternoon uh, in the Patreon uh, website and uh, through the email list and and those things, and 35 seats are filled now, so I've got room for 65 more of you who would like to come and join us, RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash career. But to kick it off, let's focus on a fundamental concept of wealth building. And this is the concept that you must anchor in your mind in order to grow over time. How do you become wealthy? How do you become wealthy? Well, here's the basic process. If we assume, as we should, that you are born 
with no money. No silver spoon in your mouth, no trust fund with your name as the beneficiary. You have nothing, no financial capital whatsoever. And you look at your situation, you say, what do I have to offer? The answer is, I have my body and the output of my body. I have the things that I can do physically with my body and with my mind. To apply a fancy-sounding economics term to that, we call that human capital. I have my ability to do work. I have human capital. And everybody has some measure of human capital. If you are human, you have the ability to create something that's valuable. And that can look in, I mean, there's no limit to the expressions that that can take. But fundamentally, what you have is you have human capital. You have the ability to do work. And the first thing that you have to do is take your human capital, your human ability, and find somebody who has work for you to do. And you have to go and do that work for them. So let's assume that you have a strong body and strong enough muscles to move a shovel. Throughout history, many millions and millions of men primarily have been able to move a shovel and move dirt from one place to another. I just finished reading this R.G. Letourneau book. Who was, he was basically the inventor of the, uh, uh, the bulldozer, among other things, and just dramatically transformed the face of earth-moving equipment. But he started in a day when to have a construction project, you needed thousands and thousands of men with shovels and then hundreds and hundreds of mules to move the dirt at one point, and he transformed that industry by building bulldozers. But let's go back to the fact that you have a shovel in your hands and there's a pile of dirt. Well, if somebody wants a pile of dirt moved from one side of the field to another, they're willing to put a shovel in your hand and pay you a certain amount for your work, and you do that work. The end of the day or the end of the week, you get paid money. Now, the money can take various forms. It can take the form of a currency, such as a paper script like a U.S. dollar or a Canadian dollar, an Australian dollar or a Chinese yen or whatever the local currency happens to be in your area. But it could take the form of other things. You could get paid with a gold coin. Uh, you could get handed a prepaid credit card with a certain amount of money on it, a little card you can swipe in the store. You could get handed uh, a bag of flour, or a bag of corn, and a bag of beans, and a bag of sugar, hopefully, too. That money can take various forms. But the idea is that you need to be given something that you value, and that's called financial capital. Now, Obviously, in today's world, it's basically going to be money, currency. Now you have financial capital. And the question is, what do I do now with my financial capital? The first thing you're probably going to need to do with your financial capital is consume it to keep your human capital going. Throughout much of the world, the primary use of financial capital is to feed your body. And if you don't feed your body, then you lose your strength and you lose your ability to work. So that's always the first thing that's covered. You have to reinvest in yourself. You took your human capital, you did work for wages, and you take those wages and use those wages to feed your body so that you can go to work tomorrow. Now, once your stomach is full and you can go to work tomorrow, then you move forward through some of the simpler needs of life. All things considered, I'd rather live underneath the roof to keep the rain off than sleep out in the field. 
And so I would usually, if I didn't have a roof to sleep under, consider that to be a next best use of the money. I got a full tummy. I'd rather sleep in a field with a full tummy than under a roof with an empty tummy. So we go ahead and use some of that financial capital to buy a roof over our head. And this protects us. This protects our body. Now we sleep better. We're not awakened uh, awakened in the middle of the night by the rain beating down on our face or by the cold. So now we can work more effectively. And this process repeats itself. We clothe and feed and house ourselves. We clothe and feed and house others. But at some point, we work to create surplus. And as soon as we can create the first little bit of surplus, the first small amount of money that's not used to go to clothe and feed and house ourselves, we open up the opportunity of wealth building. Without financial surplus, we can never build great financial wealth. With financial surplus, we can start to move towards building financial wealth. Because once we have financial capital, then we have the ability to take that financial capital and invest it. Now, there are many, many ways that we can invest our financial capital. One of the simplest things that we can do is use it to hire people to do things for us that will help us to use our human capital in ways that are more efficient and productive. If we were all living in a very simple society as subsistence uh, hunter-gatherers or subsistence farmers, we would be doing a lot of things for ourselves. We would be clothing ourselves by going and perhaps harvesting the material from the wilderness or raising the material and harvesting it from our animals. We would be housing ourselves by going and pulling the logs or cutting up the sod to build a sod house for ourselves or carving a home out of a a cave in the rock or whatever the, the version is. But what we would find is that there are certain types of those jobs that are more suitable for us. For example, I might have large muscles and you might have small muscles. So I might naturally be better suited for picking up big rocks and stacking them up to build you a house. And you might find that with your nimble and delicate fingers that you're more well-suited to weave clothing for me and sew it together so that I can cover myself and clothe myself. And so as soon as we start to specialize, then we develop a specialization economy. And all of the great wealth of the world has been driven by having a specialized economy where we can do things that we're well-suited to. I deeply admire many of the ethics of, say, the the back-to-the-land movements or the modern homesteading movements, and I deeply admire the idea of having a deep and diverse skill set that can be applied to many different things. But I do not want to go and live in an economy that doesn't have the specialization of labor. If the economy that depends on each of us doing the things that we're best at or that we most want to do, if that were to collapse, we would all be sent immediately back to poverty. And none of us want to go there. So in my little example, if I use my human capital and I find some work that I can do and then I receive wages for that capital in some way, and then now I have some surplus, now the first step usually is for me to buy somebody else's goods 
that they've created that are going to help free me up. I may not want to spend all my days out chopping logs in the wilderness. Rather, I may want to buy those logs pre-chopped from somebody who enjoys doing that or who has better equipment to do it faster, who has stronger muscles to be able to split the logs more easily than I have. This is how the world works. And the idea is if I can buy logs from that person and use those logs to fuel my fireplace, now I can take that time that I was spending chopping wood and I can use that time in a purpose that's better suited to me. So one of the first things that you do is use the financial capital to make your life a little easier and a little bit better. And of course, in our modern world, pulling back from this rather silly example, none of us live in this type of world. In our modern world, this is what we do. We're just coming into it thousands of years into the advanced economy, and we just assume these things as a matter of course. But at its fundamental, at its core, we're still doing the same things that people have done in the past. We're using our human capital. We're doing work. With that work, we're creating surplus. We're using that surplus to take care of ourselves and then to free us up. Now, at some point in time, we will have reached the place at which many of our specialized desires are satisfied and we still have surplus. And so the question is, what do we do with that surplus now? Well, the answer is we can use it in monetary financial investment or we can use it in business. And we'll go there first. But before that, let me share with you a little bit about HelloFresh. You know, in some ways, HelloFresh is kind of a, a perfect example of a specialized uh, economy of a specialization of labor. Uh, certainly, if we can, ha- we all have the ability to cook for ourselves. We have the ability to uh, garden for ourselves, perhaps to go and gather food for ourselves. Uh, we certainly, most of us have the ability to shop for ourselves and to bring those groceries home and then to put them together in ways that uh, feed our appetites in a way that's pleasing to us. And that's obviously what many of us do. We can use very specialized labor where we go out and we go into a restaurant and we hire somebody to cook for us. We hire a servant to cook our food for us in the form of a chef and perhaps a server who brings the food out from the kitchen to us. And so, of course, that's specialization of labor. But HelloFresh has been invented and, and brought into the marketplace in the last few years to provide a different form. The way HelloFresh works is a meal kit delivery service where they send you whenever you make the order, whether it's on an auto order or whether you do it from time to time, they send you a box, an insulated box that shows up in the mail. And in that box, it's full of food. And that food is not quite yet cooked nor assembled, but it's all of the basic ingredients that have been pulled together by their team of chefs and nutritionists and things like that to make these really pleasing meals. Uh, They've just switched over to the summer uh, menu now. So they have a summer menu, new and different menu items each week, uh, and they send you these ingredients in the mail. Then you get it at home, you open it up, you put the meat in the refrigerator and kind of strew things about. And then when when it's time to make dinner, you pull out the recipe card, you grab the box for that dinner. It's all in one nice little box that you pull out of the refrigerator. Uh, And then you open it up and everything is perfectly measured in these quantities. There's a half an onion if that's what you need. Uh, There's a little bottle of Tabasco sauce. There's uh, eight ounce cut of 
chicken breast if that's what's needed for the recipe. And you go and you make it. And it's really fun because all of the ingredients are pre-measured. You're just going through the basic steps of assembling the ingredients and then cooking them and eating them. So if you have an interest in, in working on something like that, it takes about 30 minutes for uh, basically anybody to make a, a cooked from scratch meal. Uh, the meals come out to less than 10 bucks a meal. Uh, they're really good. Uh, you can choose different versions. If you want a vegetarian box, you can do that. If you're a bigger family, you can choose a bigger box. Uh, there are all kinds of options. So check it out. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RPF30. Again, HelloFresh.com slash RPF30. Uh, make sure to use that coupon code RPF30 so they know that their advertising campaign here on my show is working, please. Uh, and you'll save 30 bucks off of your uh, initial uh, off of your initial subscription membership. So check it out. HelloFresh.com slash RPF30. Get $30 off your first week of deliveries. For many of you, that might be a worthy thing to do with a little bit of your financial surplus. <laughs> Frees up a little bit of time and meal planning, helps you eat at home, uh, have a delicious meal uh, at a very reasonable and competitive cost, uh, and uh, have an enjoyable process. My wife and I enjoy doing them together. It's kind of a, it makes it simple and easy uh, to cook together. So perhaps that's a date night idea for you. So what do you do with the surplus? Once you've taken that surplus, you've used it to enhance yourself, your own abilities perhaps, buy some better tools for you. These things are all focusing on increasing your human capital, allows you to do more effective work, builds off uh, financial capital. You've clothed yourself, you've met your needs, but you still have surplus. Well, at that point in time, you move to either building a business or to becoming a money lender. And the difference here is how involved are you? Let's start with money lending. If you have surplus money, you can usually find somebody else who wants to use that money. Perhaps they want to use it as a merchant. They know that if they're over here in city A, they can go to city B and they can get a good deal on uh, axes. And if they can go to city B and buy these axes and bring them back to city A, then they can sell these axes for a higher price and they'll capture the profit. The difference between the lower price they paid in city B and the higher price they sell for in city A. But the problem is this merchant needs money. Well, if you have money, you can lend them that money. And in exchange for the loan of that money, they can pay you rent. We call the rent of money interest. When you lend out your money to somebody, you rent them your money, and they pay you a rental fee. We call that interest. If you want the use of somebody else's money, they rent their money to you for a certain period of time under certain conditions, and your rental payment that you pay is called interest. That's how money works. So if you lend out your money and you go into the money rental business, you have the ability to get a return on your money just simply because somebody else is using your money. And your only involvement in that is the fact that you said, yes, I will rent my money to this other person. You don't have to go with the merchant to the far off city. You don't have to make sure that, you know, did they, should they get mules for, to bring the axes back or should they get horses or should they get camels? Those are their decisions. You're just in the money rental business. So in some ways, it's a little bit simpler. But you do, of course, always run the risk in the money rental business that the person to whom you rented your money may have some problems paying you your rental payments. So you do need to take a little bit of interest in their activities. You need to, need to pay attention to what they're doing. Because if they said, well, I'm going to take horses across the desert, and you know that well, horses aren't going to make it through the desert, they need camels. You run the risk of 
them using your money to buy horses and those horses, the carcasses of those horses littering the desert weighed down by those axes. <laughs> Got to be careful not to press my metaphor too far, but I hope it's helpful to you. The benefits of this approach, just simply renting your money out, is that you don't have a lot of involvement in the daily decisions. The disadvantage of this approach is you don't have a lot of ability to affect what happens with your money. The only choice you have is, do I want to rent or lend my money to this person or not? But that's a financial investment. So the modern equivalent, of course, is we do that in the context of buying a company's stock. What are we doing? Well, we have a little bit of surplus money, and we take that surplus money and we say, well, here's a merchant who's engaged in business, and I want to give that merchant my money so that they can run the business. And what I'm expecting from them is profit. We do that in the form of a stock, or we do that in the form of a bond. Let's say, for example, you buy a government bond, a government savings bond. Well, you're taking your money and you're renting it to the governmental entity under certain terms. And what you're hoping is in the future, that governmental entity will tax their people and return to you your money plus the additional rental payment of the interest. That's a bond. Or you could take that money down to a local bank. Now in the bank, you say, here, banker, I'm going to rent you my money. I want you to safeguard it for me and pay me a small rental payment in the form of an interest payment. Or if that banker doesn't have a good use of the money, then you may have to take your money to that banker and say, here, banker, I don't trust that I can keep this money safe in my house. So I want you to guard it here in your central vault. And you may even pay an interest payment to that banker. You know, Traditionally, banking services, you needed to pay for them because the service that the banker was providing was uh, the, uh, the safeguarding, the safekeeping of the money, the fact that it was stored in a strong box and not stored under your mattress where a thief could access it more easily. Uh, and that can happen in the future. Uh, there are negative interest uh, investors all around the world uh, in years past have bought bonds, government bonds that had a negative interest rate well, simply because there was the perceived safety of the money. They wanted the money to be kept safe. Uh, that can happen here uh, in a time when interest is very low and people take their money to a bank not because they're getting an interest payment but because they simply want their money safeguarded. All of these transactions – are ways that you can take your surplus financial capital and invest it in a financial investment. Now, what is another option? Well, I'm just going to term this very simply business. You may have some surplus capital. And in your business as a pottery maker, You've sold pots and you, you're, you're having this capital, but as people come into your shop, you keep your ears open for ideas and somebody comes in and says, did you know that if we go over to the next city over, we can buy access at $10 each and do you know they're selling for $15 each here in our hometown? You know, I just wish we could go over there. Well, you could go into business with that person or you could take that idea and you could do it yourself and you could take your money and you could go and buy horses or camels and go and try to get those access. That would be where you're going into the business yourself. You're involved in it to some degree. And the benefit, of course, is you don't only just get a rental payment on your money. You get the full benefit of the potential profit of the transaction. 
One of the challenges, of course, with this approach is now you're more involved in the transaction. You may be able to hire some workers who are going to go to the far-off city and purchase the axes to bring back. That's possible. But you might also need to go with them, or you might need to hire and train a foreman and train them in the way that you want them to travel. How should they pull their camel train together at night to protect from marauders who would come in and try to steal the axes? Well, you have a system for that. And so you learn that system, you perfect it, you train somebody. And now all of a sudden, as you start to have capital and surplus capital, you start to send out other teams that have been trained by you and you develop this business system. I think by now you should grasp the idea and you should grasp, the, grasp these basic fundamental terms that I'm using. This is essentially all we do. We have human capital physical abilities, personal skills, unique knowledge and expertise and insight, all these things that relate to us. And we look for ways that we can apply those things in the marketplace. So we take our human capital and we look at work, work opportunities where we can work for somebody else. Usually that's uh, the investment of our time, just simply that pure raw output in terms of wages, as we start to develop financial capital, then we can invest that either into a financial investment, lending the money out, renting it out, or investing in somebody else's venture, or we can start to use it and develop our own businesses. Those are your basic options. Do I want to be involved in personal labor, work? Do I want to be involved in a business where I'm working with other people and I'm putting some of my personal labor in, or I just want to be purely financial uh, transactions, be a money lender. That's it. It may be fun to think about it in a metaphor, and it's useful to think about it in in an ancient metaphor, the idea of just going from one town to the next, but that's all we do. You might find a product in China that you can buy on Alibaba and uh, bring it home and sell it on Amazon in the United States. I've interviewed people here in Radical Personal Finance who do that. And that's just a business that you're developing, finding a, uh, a wrinkle in the market that you think you can exploit, an inefficient market. Or you might go and develop your work skills. and Instead of digging ditches, you become a highly sought-after uh, physician. Well, now you can charge higher prices because of the specialized skill. You've invested your financial capital back into your human capital. You've developed this unique expertise that doesn't really lend itself and apply itself well to uh, multiplication in a business. But you have this unique insight as a physician. Now you can command a higher wage. Or you just take your money and you uh, lend it with a local money lender. Let's say that I'm in your town and I'm a money lender and you say, Joshua is very good at understanding. Uh, he knows the, the, the merchant routes. He knows who should lend money to. And I think I trust him and his unique skill and expertise more than I trust my own. And so you might bring your money to me as a money lender. And I'm the person who's interacting with the merchants who are going to take their camel trains and go and pick up axes and spices and you know, fancy fabrics, et cetera, and bring them across the desert. Now you're depending on me for my investment expertise. We'll bring that forward a few centuries, and what you just did was hired a mutual fund manager or an investment banker. Just a modern incarnation of these ancient roles. But it all boils down to personal work, personal labor, business that you're involved in, or pure raw financial 
transactions where you rent out your money without being involved in the underlying business. Now, in uh, what I'm giving you is one of the basic fundamental lessons of uh, the Radical Personal Finance Guide to Career and Income Planning that I've, I've developed for you. And in the course, this is all illustrated visually uh, with nice arrows showing the flow of money. But hopefully you can capture it in your head with just the, the mental concept. All of the basic decisions of personal finance that we face is a question of how do we develop the flow and at what stage are we in our wealth building journey? So in Early in the wealth building journey, as you develop yourself, you're born with just human capital, no financial capital. The most reasonable and best returning investment is going to be uh, to make sure your basic living expenses are covered and then to invest in your, your skill, your earning ability and to enhance that human capital because there's an immediate return. If you spend your evenings studying trade routes and trying to figure out uh, – maybe you go down uh, to the local uh, tavern near, the, uh, near the, the watering hole where the camel trains are coming through and you spend your evenings there talking to traders. Now you start to find out what things are selling for in a faraway land and you're enhancing your knowledge. Or perhaps you're working underneath somebody, you're working underneath a potter, and you're going to spend your evenings on your own time and increasing your skills by making more beautiful and interesting pots that may command a higher wage in the marketplace for those who have surplus capital where they want to enhance their lifestyle around it. They don't want just a basic pot that does the job of cooking their soup. They want a beautiful pot that looks really nice while they're doing it. And so you spend your evenings developing that skill to make thinner, more graceful and elegant pots. And thus, you're increasing your productivity. And of course, you always have this choice to make. If you have wages that you've earned from your money, how much of those wages should be spent on uh, a new cloak to wear to keep you warm at night? How much of those wages should be spent on your lodging versus how much of those wages should be set aside so that you can go and take your money down to the merchant and say, here. Load up a camel for me so that you can bring back those faraway goods so that my money is going to work for me. And those are the decisions that we face in our modern era. There's no difference between saying, I'm going to live in a cheap apartment so that I can free up more money, so that I can use it to start a business, buy my own camel train, or perhaps buy my own car so I can start a livery service instead of uh, you know, paying somebody else for that transportation. Or lending the money out with the money lender, putting it in the bank, taking it, investing it into a company that you bought stock in at the stock market. It's all this basic ancient flow that has not changed through millennia in terms of its fundamental concept. The fundamental concepts never change. The tools do change. If you understand these concepts and you can look at your own life and see what's actually happening, it'll allow you to do a better job of making decisions, making the decisions that are right for you at a certain point in time. It'll allow you to have more confidence with your, uh, with your discernment. You may or may not make different decisions than you're making right now. How could I tell you, for example, that you definitely should Take your surplus capital and buy a new cloak to keep you warm at night or buy a new pair of sandals that have a pretty red thread running through them. 
or to tell you that you should wear your ratty old cloak that causes you to be cold at night and wear your ratty old sandals with a hole in the bottom. But you've built up calluses on the bottom of your feet so that you can take the gold coins that you've built up and take them down to the merchant. Send them off with the merchant, wait a year, and see if he comes back with a profit. I can't know that for you. But what I can do is I can teach you the process and teach you the cost so that you can feel comfortable at different stages of your life foregoing the new cloak and the new sandals so that you can invest the money and then perhaps later going ahead and buying the new cloak and the new sandals because you don't need to invest the money in that way. Ultimately, all of your ability to build wealth is going to be driven off of your productivity with your income because it's your human capital that allows you to go to work to earn wages or to build a business, the same thing, but but the simplest concept is usually work to earn wages. And with those wages then, you can meet your own needs and produce surplus that then has a use. So if you'd like more on this subject, I invite you to come by and join the beta version of the inaugural Radical Personal Finance Guide to Career and Income Planning. Uh, to lay out exactly what I'm doing, uh, this course, I am it's I my head works in terms of a master course. In times future, I'll offer you short little cl- classes and courses on different things. But uh, my brain goes towards the comprehensive. That should be obvious to you by now. So I try to think through every little permutation. And my goal is to put every little piece of advice that I can think of that would be useful to you into this course for you. Uh, and as part of the beta version, what uh, what you can do if you join my beta group is you can help me perfect the advice by asking the questions that you have. Uh, Just a little bit here, as I publish this show, I'm going to be sending out the first wave of surveys to the 35 uh, listeners who have gone ahead and signed up for the beta version. And those surveys will be talking about all the different aspects of your life and finding out what those questions are. And I'll be getting your feedback and you'll be helping me fine-tune these concepts to make sure that they're the clearest of possible. So when we go public with the uh, official version, then it'll be a really, really valuable resource. So if you're interested in joining the beta version, i got 65 seats left. And you can do that at RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash career. I will keep the registration open as I release this show. It's Tuesday, August 8. I will keep the registration open until either Sunday, August 20, or until the 100 initial seats are sold out and gone. I expect that to happen before Sunday, August 20. But if not, we'll just start on Sunday, August 20 with however many of you decide to join. And then the classes will start on the week of the 21st there. Uh, so I'm looking forward to interacting with you. Again, RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash career. Or just go by the website. Link on your phone right in the show notes for today's episode. Uh, or again, you can come by the site. And I think uh, I think my developer put a little pop-up on the page. I haven't checked that yet. But there should be a pop-up or you'll find it in the sidebar. Just look for Radical personal finance guide to career and income. Today, however, I hope that was uh, an appropriate amount of selling for you. Uh, Today, the assignment is this. Consider the money flows in your own life. Consider what you're doing with your human capital, what the actual work is, the wages that you're earning, and then how much is going to uh, provide to protect and to provide for your physical human body, how much is going to enhance your productivity with your physical body. And of course, most of us, that, that means primarily our minds. You know, I don't really work with my body in the sense that uh, my work is with my mind and with my mouth. But, um, but think about how you're investing in that, how you're caring for that. And then think about what you're doing with that surplus. Are you renting out your money? Is that the right move for you to, to be a money renter? 
and to collect those rental payments called interest? Uh, or are you the kind of person who is well-suited to doing the money in business? And instead of collecting rent payments in the form of interest, you collect profits from your uh, weight, from the, the sales of your business. That's what you're doing. That's what I'm doing. That's what we're all doing. So I hope that's useful to you. Any questions, feel free to reach out to me, Joshua Radical Personal Finance.com. I'm seeking to be very responsive on email at the moment. If you have any questions about the course, feel free to contact me and I'll be back with you soon. Thank you for listening. This show is part of the Radical Life Media Network of podcasts and resources. Find out more at RadicalLifeMedia.com.